What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Combat Chain. I am your host, Adam Philipchuk. Alongside me, as always, is Sean Hill. And uh, today we got a, another very special guest. Uh, you've known he's, he's, let's be honest, he is probably undeniably the face of flesh and blood at this point. You've seen him across uh, multiple multiple pro tour and uh, world's uh, casts. Uh, he is the host of the Instant Speed podcast, uh, as well as many other great uh, content outlets. Flake, welcome. Yeah, I mean, face of flesh and blood is, uh, I'm sorry, because there's so many better faces that could have been uh, thrown up there. So uh, I apologize for those. I, I strongly, I, I strongly disagree with that. I think as far as faces of flesh and blood, uh, if we're commentating, you've got a good face, man. You gotta, uh, you gotta brush your shoulders off, man. You got it. Oh, well, today's a different story. I'm kind of, I feel kind of like grungy, if you will. And um, you like, no offense to you guys. I only do my hair for uh, my own podcast. That's probably where it goes. <laughs> Otherwise, it's always firmly under a hat. And uh, yeah, and that's that's uh, that's where we're at right now. Right on. Um, I had a segue. Did a segue. Just to like keep like keep the thing going and leading up to to what we want to talk about eventually. But like just a nice Spock. I lost it. Oh. I like rehearsed that that intro. I like rehearsed that intro too earlier today. I was like, because like without Pat being here to do it now, I'm like back in that role where I'm like got to think oh, about that stuff. You got big shoes to fill now. You got to do the uh, the Segway stuff, and, and you know Segways are not just for millennials and millionaires. Like you can ride one all the way into the next segment. So just hop and on, baby. That, that is such a sweet way to do a segue into into the next segment. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> well no i wanted to like i wanted to just do a brief like ah oh, fuck I, I lost hey man i say i say you keep all this in because this is the gold baby this is the, yeah, gold. This is the gold keep it in you cowards <laughs> <laughs> cut it no keep it in no cut it no keep it in yeah, yeah. keep it in <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see uh oh. well you know what let's let's get right into it because uh um flake you well flake you've been on the show before we've done some of your um well, let's be honest. The we we did a say Pat and I would do this bit called uh, "Who are you and how the hell did you get here?" and that kind of that 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 exact term got coined because of the episode we did with you last. Uh, so you, you kind of helped us establish a framework for for some of the stuff we were doing. Uh, and and at, at this point, we uh, Sean and I kind of when we talked about having you on the show, we we thought the really cool thing about the the three of us is there's there's this ability to like skip all the formalities and just dive right into interesting conversation. And something that Sean was really big on, uh, on uh, nailing right off the bat. Cause both you guys actually have some common ground in this territory though, uh, different ends of the same thing. Uh, there's a, your background in TCGs. I know. And you did touch on this in, in our last episode. Uh, you started off with uh, the Star Wars uh, TCG from Decipher, um, but 
and we're going to get into like a couple different things here because Sean, at the end of the day, kind of started off with the cipher as well, but a different part of it. But like, I guess, you know, I'm going to hand it off to Sean here at this point because uh, Sean had like Sean highlighted a really interesting thing about what he wanted to have out of this conversation. So take it away, Sean. Yeah, sure. So uh, what's cool? So like I said earlier, when we were talking before we started recording, I, I started in card games because oftentimes when you when you hear people getting into card games and um, they get in with the big three, which to me are Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. Um, you know, they've gotten in with, you know, playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with their friends and Pokemon. And then when I heard that your first game was a Decipher game, it was the Star Wars Decipher game, I lost my mind. Because, and I'll get into my thing a little bit later, because I think that Decipher had such a, like, a weird space in time where they, like, had this pocket of great card games that never really found their homes. And and they found their homes in a few players. And even today, like, if people were to ask me what my one of my favorite card games is or, you know, one of my most formative card games was, I know exactly which one it is. And it is a Decipher game. It's not Star Wars. I'll get into what it is. But there's this thing. And, and... As someone who didn't grow up with one of the big three, who wasn't like a, a core, you know, core commercial card game player who had that little pocket of time where that was your thing. How special was it to you? I mean, I still collect it and seek it out today. It's that special to me. I was, I'm not even joking to you. I was at Harry Tarantula here in Toronto digging through the basements of all of their their kind of hidden treasures there and um basically because david root who who runs uh, harry tarantula's card game aspect i guess i don't know what else to call it but um basically sent me a picture he's like hey digging through the basement found this and he found like a couple long boxes of of star wars cards he's like i don't know what's in here i'm like you put that aside you you like tape it off it's a crime scene now i will be there you know when are you there next and he's like well i'm going on vacation for like 10 days i'm like you son of a bitch so i had to wait it out and then i went there and i went through every single card i went through about a maybe two thousand cards of just like i'm like all right you know and i you know i showed up at like the there was an armory at six i showed up at 2 30 because that's when his shift started i show up at 2 30 uh and he just he's like, all right, he brings the stuff up and I'm there and I'm and I sorted it for him. I'm like, this is this, this is that, blah, 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 blah. I said, here's what has it was all they were all duds. Like it was it was picked clean yeah. ultimately. But um I got it, but other than that, I think I also found Lord of the Rings cards. So I went through that stuff. And that was loaded with gems. And oh my wow. god, that was absolutely brimming with gems. So how special was it to me? Special enough for me to brave uh rush hour toronto traffic to go sort through to go sort through uh bulk that's how special it is to me that's that's really cool like i and and one of the things that we were talking uh adam and i is i think i have uh this special space in my because you you have i think you have a few years on me i i'm a little bit uh, i i started getting into the decipher my game was mega man i didn't even know that was a game i didn't know that they made mega man it was so the Mega Man NT, like the the Battle Network series with the net trainers and stuff. That was my game. I absolutely devoured the Mega Man Battle Network card game. Today, still today, if someone were to ask me what was the weirdest, interesting card game you've ever played, it's the Mega Man card game. It was a hero-based card game where you could only attack once per turn. Your life was your deck. 
and then your character had a defense stat and you would lose cards from the top of your deck at the start of each turn you'd power up it had it was this really complex rich game but it it the issue with those those games from Decipher was because it was IP locked. Oftentimes, if the IP didn't quite succeed as well as the system, you know, was designed to, then the game would kind of fail over time, and that's kind of what ended up happening. Because Lord of the Rings and Star Wars lasted them a really long time, and eventually the company lost the rights to it, and then it didn't renew. Right. So that's how that's how the company went under. There's actually a really crazy story I'll get into in a little bit about the cipher. Uh, there was embezzlement and stuff. And yeah, well, I, I was waiting for someone to bring this up because yeah, the, perfect. Go. <laughs> like, well, the whole thing about the cipher, and again, I don't know the the nuts and bolts of it, but I mean, growing up, that was the company that essentially got me addicted to card games. I say addicted, but like, yeah. it, it's been such a fulfilling aspect of my life for so many years it has it has evolved into my career and um to see it go you know kind of to see it just falter and disappear was a, such a you know at the time i was like i think when it went under it went under like 2002 maybe i think it was like how old was i then i think i was 16 or so like 15 so it was right around the time where i was getting a job and having disposable income i didn't have to ask my parents to buy cards and then it goes away mm -hmm. and that really broke my heart because in retrospect after having played like i've played you know 20 to 30 card games in my life and when i say play it i don't mean like just know about i have sat down and played games of these card games and it still stands without a, a shadow of a doubt in my mind that Star Wars and Lord of the Rings TCG, both Decipher games, had the most unique and immersive experience when it comes to card games. When I played Star Wars, I felt like the characters were representations of who those characters were. They, their interactions, their abilities were reflective of the personas that those cards were printed. Um, the Lord of the Rings game had the best resource system that has ever existed in a card game, and it had such a unique win condition of you either kill the ring bearer or you drop the ring in 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 Mount Doom. Like yeah. that, it was not about life total. It was not about uh, anything. There was no alternative win conditions. It was you play both sides of the field. You're both evil and good. You both have a fellowship. You both have, you know, uh, the, the the forces of Mordor at your disposal and you have to eventually decide am i better am i better equipped to win by killing my opponent's ring bearer or am i better equipped by taking my fellowship through the perils of middle earth to get to the site 9 and dump and survive and dump a ring into the like it was so fascinating because everything that you play today flesh and blood included is a reimagining of the life total combat system yep. that has basically evolved since magic did it and created it and how many rune terra's the same thing hearthstone's the same thing uh, the same thing mythgard's the same thing uh cards a uh, shadowverse all these other card games are just reimaginings and evolutions of that basic framework the only one that i have ever played that felt different was um was gwent and i and and because it felt different that's why i i sunk six years of my life fruitfully into that card game yeah, yeah, I mean, there's um, there's something that you said that really resonated with me. You've played 30 games. I was one of those guys. So back, and I have to ask you this because you're from Montreal. Mm -hmm. You're from my my hometown. 
You're from our hometown. Our, our hometown. Our hometown. Yeah, you're from, hey man, from I our got, neck of the woods. I got the Habs gear all over the place. You can't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You can kind of catch the edge of it over here, but there's like, like here, I'll move the camera. There's a whole Habs oh, flag. Wow. No, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. You know I'm the real deal, I've baby. Got, I've got none of that, mais moi, ce que j'ai, c'est que je parle comme ça quand je parle français, tu sais? Oh, OK. <laughs> là, je comprends. Là, je comprends. Là, je comprends. Là, je comprends. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, Adam's also a francophone. Um... Yeah, moi, j'ai un bon accent propre. Ouais, lui, il parle comme du monde. <laughs> um, but one of the reasons I was Franco talking about that is because... Yeah, there you go. There was only so many stores that did the Decipher games, and I must have seen you in passing because I used to play at BD Cosmos. BD Cosmos. I was a West Island kid, so I know you were a West Island kid. Yeah. but but there's only so many stores. Where did you play? I have to, I, I have to know. I played at a place called Hall of Fame, which was on Saint, uh, Boulevard Saint Jean. Oh, Saint John's. Yeah. yeah, man. Boulevard Saint Jean. And what's fascinating about this is that I was there for Christmas. I was at. I was in the city for Christmas time, albeit a, a shortened visit because of the snowstorm or whatever. I was supposed to be there for yeah. five days. I ended up being there for two because I couldn't travel. Um, but when I got there, I showed up at like on like Christmas Eve. I think they were still open. And I went there during the day. And the same guy that was working there when I went there when I was 13 is still working there, and I'm now 37. So he's been there for 24 years minimum. <laughs> A dude by the name of Ricky. And I walk in, and he's serving somebody else. And I'm just casually putzing around. And I haven't been there for years, years and years and years. And I just want to see what they have flesh and blood style. Maybe they got singles. Maybe they, I'm going to pick up a couple packs or whatever. And I walk in, and the dude is just like, as soon as he's finished with somebody, he's just kind of goes to the cash. He's kind of just punching something in for another customer. And he's like, hey, Matt, nice to see you. I'm like, do huh. you remember You remember me? He's like, yeah. He's like, how's your friends uh, Chris and Jed and this and that? What are you guys up to these days? I'm like, how do you still remember? I'm like, that's incredible. Yeah. I ended up taking a picture with him and just being like, dude, this is the guy who hooked me up with the goods for so many years. I that's that's the coolest story because you and I in that you know shared of having played so many card games and growing up in the same kind of area and um we found card games young-ish, right? And I was I remember you saying this uh I think we were talking at, at Nats again and you said that, you know I was kind of this funny awkward kid but like you know I, I I was like I was cool enough and funny enough that like I had friends and whatever but like deep down I, I just wanted to play card games and yeah. do kind of own, my own thing that's exactly how I felt growing up because I found card games and they were my home it was it was my life has been about card games since I was 12 and where the the, the discrepancy is and I've, I've been like you know sh shunning adam from conversation since we started but adam found card games later in life and and when i say yeah. later in life i don't I, I mean like it was a recent recent ish thing and i think it had such a ma major impact on my life it had obviously a major impact on your life finding card games in this community and and all that and adam finding it later it's had that kind of impact on him too so I think it's it's really interesting to see how important card games can be and the community that that you know that that grows with it and and beyond that you've had a you know a career with with, with it and, and you know uh, being a caster and all that but um, I wanted to kind of bring Adam in and that and then kind of say hey what did that do for you as well Adam like if it's been so big for me and Flake it must have been that big for you as well uh, absolutely and it's like it's interesting because I I start to flirt with 
card games in like 2014, 2015. Uh, the funny thing is that in a way, Gwent was my first card game as well. Uh, but just not not even like the, the, the true Gwent. Like uh, it was like farting around on Witcher 3 and uh, stumbling across Gwent in there and quickly like having more fun playing Gwent in that game than actually playing the main storyline and of course of course like i i quickly got my fill of that but there was this this idea of like i kept thinking like where can i get more of this and that's where i started to i i'd known about like i had pokemon cards as a kid and like i i knew about magic growing up but i never actually learned anything about magic and so that that's where i kind of start to flirt with playing tcgs a little more but then after that it's just like this weird like it phases in and out of my life until when flesh and blood i I guess like uh, not even then like i I get some packs of flesh and blood then and i play with my partner but I, i guess when it really starts to impact my life is uh when skirmish season one goes online during the uh the pandemic because i i remember like starting to read about flesh and blood and like for some reason there was this new thing this this element of like discovery and i want to learn more about this and i was like flipping around on their website and they're pitching all these concepts about the armory program and all this stuff and but because we're in a pandemic we you know you can't access any of that and so there was this craving to access that just to, to to see what it was like and skirmish season one goes online and i quickly like buy all the equipment like a webcam and everything to do that and uh participate in my first skirmish and the the moment i jumped in like uh i guess an online game i was so in ways i was didn't even realize yet i was so immediately embraced into this community like the same day i play that skirmish i find the canadian uh, flesh and blood discord this would be in february of 20 2020 no I, it was, was 2020 was it yeah, 2020 was that three years it's oh, been the game, years. yeah the game came out in i know the game comes out in 2019 yeah, but I, yeah. I feel like for some reason i felt like there was another year in between there but yeah i guess in february 2020 we're playing we're like meeting people and all of a sudden like the reality is is like the 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 spiral from there like you know you know making the combat chain uh meeting people all over the world like i have like you guys as friends and like really good friends all across north america and i've interacted with really cool people in uh europe and uh, you know in australia new zealand and this yeah this game has changed my life in ways I, I i couldn't even begin to fathom and to sean's point in a really short period of time and that is a testament to and i think like sean sean's words were the benefit of tcgs in someone's life and i think like yes like tcgs is what fosters some of that community and, and like in our case like flesh and blood fosters this really stand-up community for the most part but like the, the reality is it, it's not it's not the tcg it's it's the people that make the community yeah. right like they the in this case like flesh and blood is the gathering point and then we all foster around it and i'm trying to take advantage of the video features and use good hand motions uh you, you know flesh and blood is is the 
is the pillar we all gather around the the, the common ground but it, it's it's really us the people the interactions like i get one of my fondest memories of like making um making a really cool friendship in this game was uh like before i guess this is probably the first real genuine encounter i had with someone that like has led to a, a lasting friendship since was w during skirmish season one like i like the first skirmish i was able to find out about was uh, actually in fact my my one of my local lgs's uh, it was their skirmish that they were hosting online in their discord and then some other people that ha hang out in the canadian discord popped into that and that's where i that's where like the, the moment of like and i i i find the canadian discord. yeah i'm like oh my god oh my god there's an entire community here but then then i start to like learn like oh there's more of these skirmishes online that i can play in at any time anywhere whatever and i end up finding my way into uh a uk skirmish uh I, was it i can't remember the name of the, of the lgs unfortunately at this point but i ended up having to think like get up at like two or three in the morning two or three in the morning to yep. like play in this thing and i i'm sitting in the lobby of this like random stores discord and there's like 20 30 odd people there and i'm like i don't know why like i don't know what to do i'm like barely awake sipping my coffee scanning the names and i like see this name mr chocolate and <laughs> and i'm like god damn like that's that's a familiar name i know i've seen that name around you know check mutual servers oh sure enough he's from the canadian discord and before i can actually even think about like reaching out interacting anything like that bing i get a notification from mr chocolate this is the first Who time I've ever chocolate Arthur Chocolasic. You, you know, Signaris Cart. <laughs> I guess you know what? <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, every, especially in the Canadian community, like almost, but I think everybody knows Arthur at this point, but like, oh, yeah, of course. But the, the, the point of that story being like someone like someone like took the time to reach out to me and just like through a common thing, like where, both the you know same yeah. place at the same time a common humanity and like he he goes something along the lines of like because he's the the cool thing too is like uh, uh we're both in the same province in canada uh i know you guys know canadian geography the majority of our of our listener base is outside of canada though and um like uh the, the reality so like we're super close like a three-hour drive from each other which in, in canada is close i know in like any other part of the world in a three-hour drive in alberta is, is close in, it, in it, alberta it, is close oh yeah like let's see like six seven hours for me okay like disclaimer my profession is spending 12 hours in a time in a vehicle so like i'm like up to six seven hours i'm starting to be like okay that's starting to feel long in a car but <laughs> You know, you just tense your leg muscles every once in a while. You don't get any blood clots. You're fine. It's good advice. So, so, it is good advice from a paramedic, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, Go you ahead. know that this is a Canadian broadcast because you're getting free medical advice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's actually our, our first uh, Patreon bit is we're going to start monetizing the medical advice, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You heard it here first, uh, Flake. It's such an Albertan thing to do, you know, like if you're in Western Canada or if you're in Canada, you get that joke. Um, I... Uh, uh, where I'm going with this is Arthur and I, uh, we both are in the same time zone. And we're both up at like 3, 3.30 in the morning. And he goes, what the hell are we doing up this early? And that was the first message he sends me. And I just chuckle. And since then, like Arthur and I have become really close friends. And so many other people like you guys and whatever, like I said, you know, 
long-winded way of saying like yes this game has been remarkable and the people around it and yeah um, I'll um I'll, I'll throw the ball to Flake with a comment. Uh, so with that in mind, like I've realized something a couple of years back. Most of my friends, most of my relationships, close relationships that I have, are through that catalyst. Is that something that you find as well? And and when you talk to other card game players, it's always going to be a, a similar story. Oh, you know, my friends and I, we got together and we've been friends for twenty years. So it's it's an interesting kind of evolution of what friendship or how you make friends uh, becomes because I mean, you'll sometimes the friends that you had in elementary and high school, I'm still friends with them. I still speak to them all the time. I was at one of their, I, you know, spoke at one of their weddings just a few months ago. And that it's, it's a great feeling when you see them succeed and you see them, you know, but like, but they don't necessarily have the same interests as I do. They have different lives. They're married. They have kids. I still play with children's toys. Like, let's be real. Like I have, <laughs> boxes of star wars figurines that i am just waiting for an excuse to get rid of but that excuse hasn't arrived yet kind of thing you know like to me these are all um it, it's it's the reality of of growing up uh, it's the reality of growing old it's the reality of just you know growing as a person you're not gonna always align with the same people you aligned with you know uh 20 years ago 10 years ago whatever look at yourself three years, years ago to who you are today. You're probably a different person. And that evolution will always lead itself to the fact that it's not that you no longer are friends with these people, but you are you may have grown apart or you may not have the same intersecting interests uh, and or, or, or priorities. My friends' priorities are their careers and their family and, and that. My priority is making sure that I don't, miss my tunic trigger like we're on different planes of existence here like that's kind of how it goes but um i think that i'll always love those people they've they're like my family but the friends that i have made through card gaming are the ones that i speak to the most frequently they're the ones that i um have the most interactions with the most intimate you know interactions with in terms of the most time i spent the most uh, I'll always be real with those friends that I grew up with all the time. I, I would never hide anything from them. They know me for all of my successes, my failures, you know, my luster and all my blemishes. They know all of that. And I'm, I'm okay with that because we, we grew up together and we've gone through all the slings and arrows of growing up through high school and, and, and becoming adults and going and marching on forward. But when it comes to the things that I'm absolutely, um, unrescuably passionate about these are the people that i speak to the most and that happens to be card game people and card game culture people and such and it's not just flesh and blood some of the closest friends i have people like you know alias v for in magic i was one of two guests at her wedding i was the best man at her wedding because she moved from south africa here to toronto and i we became friends and that was through card games and these are people who i adore adore more than anybody i was aside from her parents i was the first person to find out that she was pregnant and like that is like that means so much it's to a me massive that, honor it is it absolutely mm, is but that just sort of it, it's testament to the fact that this is not just a passing fancy of oh i like to play card games because they're fun this is my life and i think that a lot of people yeah. don't necessarily give enough you know credence to the or they, they don't they don't understand the weight of what this is for me if that 
it's the foundation, it's the pillars, it's the walls, it's the roof, it's everything for me. And then that that's something that I think people need to, to understand. And some people might hear me say that and say, like, whoa, what an obsessed fool. Like, go touch some grass. I do. I touch grass. I do. I do. I touch grass. I love it. It's great. Grass is great. Great Grass is amazing. <laughs> love it. Keep grass. Grass all day long. But, Pro-grass. You know, but this is both my profession, my hobby, my escape, and my reality. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it, man. Uh, I very seldom are the people that I've met who can put that into words. That that's that same feeling that I have, where it's cards is my lifeblood, and without it, I, I feel like I'm aimless. Um, and I, I think that's a yeah. I can't. I I don't really have words, Adam. Uh, we want. <laughs> uh, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, man. That was beautiful. Stunned, <laughs> um, breathless. One of the. I, I mean, I'm always breathless when I'm when I'm with Matt, man. He's oh, fucked up. Fantastic. I know, man. Je te fais un petit velo. Um, so uh, <laughs> one of the things that we wanted to talk about, and I'll kind of let Adam talk about, and it, it segues beautifully into this. It's card games is your life. Card games is 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 who you are, and you try to do everything that you can to be part of that world. Um, and you have a gift of being entertaining. Something that not a lot of people. To some, <laughs> no, but, no, but yeah, you can't please everybody. But that's that's a, a whole other thing. But um, something that that Adam uh, relates to, I relate to also, is that kind of that that spark of wanting to be captivating, entertaining, and wanting to contribute to people's um, you know betterment in life in 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 a, in a weird way. Um, you're doing it through card games, but I wanted to talk about that need, uh, and maybe Adam can take it from here. But that need to perform need to perform i mean you I know what like entertain I, well i don't know yeah. no that that's that's it seems so uh poignant when you put it that way but and and it seems so almost like it seems so um i don't know how to properly describe this because like the way that you say it it makes it seem like it's it's like a drug for me that i need attention and whatnot but it's it's no no, no it, not the attention no 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 and, and look i i completely uh, that this is not i know that you're i know what you're trying to get at and what i'm you're saying cool. is that some might like some might perceive it as being your like your need to entertain your need to this and in reality when in retrospect when i think about it it's like it is it is a need to entertain and and i don't know how much of this sort of stems from things like insecurity or anxiety and like you mentioned in like i was when i was in high school i was never i was never cool enough to be invited to the parties and and the to the cool kids stuff i was in a um you know you might know this uh, you're both canadian you might know the international baccalaureate program in high school like the id <laughs> program it was yeah it was the advanced it was for the nerds. It was the advanced thing. In my high school where I went to, it wasn't just about us being with the same group of 40 students or 50 students who were in that program. They also put our lockers on the other end of the freaking school. So we couldn't even hang out with the other people our age. The other, So we were like – we were like – the freak show, man. They we wanted were to like, keep you separated so like they, yeah. their their influence couldn't like taint you guys. Possibly, I guess. <laughs> but you guys that, have what... a future. Don't touch them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kinda, but at, at the, and and like, I was never uh, so I was never cool enough to be invited to those parties. However, I was charismatic and funny enough that I wasn't bullied or picked on that much. I say that much. I was still bullied and picked on. But it was like when push came to shove, there was always somebody from like the quote unquote cool group that'd be like, oh, 
he's off limits. Like we like him. He makes us laugh. And yeah. that to me became a defense mechanism to the degree of if I can crack a joke, if I can make people laugh, if I can ha hold their attention from a joyous perspective, then at least they're not going to come after me from a negative angle. So it, mm. it developed into a need to entertain because the alternative growing up sometimes was I either make you laugh or you're going to make me cry. Like that was kind of how it went. If I could hold that attention mechanism. and it was, if, if I could hold that attention and direct it in a positive and, and, and entertaining joyful angle that you don't have control of bringing this all down. And then that house of cards crumbling within me. That is, that is so deep. Uh, and, and I, and, and I feel that quite a bit. Um, when did you uh, this is like completely unrelated to card games i just bring I just it. want to know when did you find out that you had that voice were you in your mid mid teens because adam and i had that kind of conversation not too long ago so in high school i was i was voted most likely to have his own talk show which was fascinating that was great hmm. um and i kind of you get your first kick when i remember i like Everybody didn't like doing presentations in front of the class. Like it was like everybody, no one wanted to do it. But to me, I was like, this is where, like, you yeah. have to listen to me, mofos. Like, if you don't listen to me, detention. Like, yes, like I, it was like a built in audience. It was the best feeling ever. And it started with like doing a presentation. And obviously, you're doing the presentation for the teacher to grade you. But at the same time, I'm like, let's just slide in a joke here and there and see if people are paying attention. And then you get your first little bit of laughs and you're like, this is. Hey, there you go. There it is pure liquid heroin yeah right to yep. your veins and you love it and yep. that was when i was like boom let's go but i never joined uh in high school i never joined like any drama clubs i never did any performances because i was absolutely terrified because that's what the cool kids did and i wasn't a cool kid and it was so interesting to me that upon graduation when all these other students and such were like dude this guy's a pretty good dude like why didn't you ever join us for this or this or this and i i'm like I was like, oh, I had other things to do, which was bull because I was playing StarCraft yeah. and reading Star Wars books at home like all the time. That was my recreation. But that kind of parlayed itself into um, doing um, college, like radio in Sejep. And for those who don't know what Sejep yeah. is, it's like this weird Quebec thing between high school and university for two years. I ran the, the radio station at John Abbott College. I did that. And then... I applied for broadcast journalism at uh, Concordia University. They rejected me. So suck a high hard one, Concordia, because I did it anyways. And then I got uh, an internship at TSN Radio in Montreal for a year. And, oh, wow. and yeah, and then I and then that was like, I need to pay my bills. So let's start. I was bartending. I was I started bartending for four or five years. And that was a I was it was a, at a bar that wanted you to do flair bartending. So the juggling stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. learned how to do that. And then it's like you always have an audience. You always have somebody who comes up, sits at the wood, talks to you, and or like wants to talk to you. And that's where I'm like, this is where we test out material. This is where we do jokes. This is where we entertain. Yeah. And in Sejap, I used to do a little bit of stand-up comedy when I was there. But it was like, you know, confidence is the hardest thing to acquire and the easiest thing to lose. Absolutely. Um, I could talk about stand up and 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 all this stuff for hours and maybe next time you're in town we'll we'll grab a, a cold one but um this is a flesh and blood podcast god damn it yes and it is talk... 
<laughs> yes, it is. Or it was. We're going to talk about some flesh and blood. Yeah, I mean, look, the the, the idea to entertain and all that, I, I I did some stand-up as well. I did a lot of music. I was that guy as well. I'm really tall, so I got picked on quite a bit, but I found my voice. And I think Adam had a, like, a similar-ish experience where like you start playing music and you start to discover who you are and you find your own little voice and expression through all of that. Um, and it's beautiful when you can kind of bring that with passion, which is why I'm so grateful that Adam brought me on uh, to co-host the, the podcast because I'm, I'm extremely passionate about card games. I'm extremely passionate about Flesh and Blood as well. And I just I love talking to interesting people. Which oh, you, you, great. You good, sir, our part. Great fit. Also, I mean, you got picked on because you were tall. Adam got picked on because he had that mustache when he was 12. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's... Yes. So, I, I hear you. I still vote. I still vote that one day we will have some kind of formal... Uh, we should have some kind of formal you know, vote uh, as to who that has the best mustache. And I think Adam is, is like literally in out of flesh and Dude, blood. It's like, you know? it's like, you know, it's like saying, who's the, who's the greatest hockey player of all time? Like, do we really need to field opinions? Like uh, we know, we know, like we, we can do it for S's and G's, but I'm pretty sure it's you, Adam. I'll, I'll take I love it. that. I'll take it. I mean, I, I, I will be the first to stress there are two other strong contenders for this. Uh, you know, Philip McKay. Out screw them. I don't care if they're listening. Screw those guys. It's you. Let's take this one home. Another win for Canada. Let's go. All right. All right. All right. Canada. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, funny thing, this mustache actually finds me right before uh, my four into flesh and blood. I have not spent my entire life with this mustache, uh, but uh, I'll take it. Near and sure, dear my heart. Um, yeah, uh, Sean, you, you did say like talking a bit about um, some flesh and blood stuff, uh, and I, I think this is a perfect uh, segue. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cap things off with uh, a good chunk of flesh and blood, but we're gonna we're gonna start off our flesh and blood stuff with some fab light, like. Uh, fab adjacent it is flesh and blood related but uh segueing from entertaining a performer of course uh flake has been seen like, like i mentioned at the beginning of the pod over uh multiple streams and casts now and uh his name has really become synonymous with with the flesh and blood casting but uh as of more recently um and i wouldn't actually i wouldn't even say that's not the case because flake we're still seeing you on uh you know the realm game circuit stuff uh which is really cool but um it's been starting to uh it's been starting to creep out there people i know sean and i we've we've known of this for a little longer with of course you know at first like we you know i think everybody wants to to tiptoe around um talking about these things tactfully but like I, I guess and even at this point i still don't know exactly where the line is so i'm gonna actually at this point leave it off to you flake like and i'll, I'll give you a little bit of something to run with like just like we're not seeing you on the the LSS stuff anymore and um what's what what are we what do we know about that situation at this point like where are we where are we allowed to 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 talk about with the the the, the casting situation in fab so i i i, I could put this into context i mean when i i get what you're saying we're like we haven't seen you on the flesh and blood casting circuit uh for a while now and in reality, I mean, let's let's put this into into context here. We had Worlds in November. There was really nothing, and then we had a calling 
in Indianapolis. That's and true. so there's re there hasn't really been a whole lot because they never really broadcast Battle Hardens uh, all that much uh, anyways. And I did do like a mid-max games uh, PQ. I was able to do that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm still very much involved. I'm still very much involved. Am I involved to the degree that I want to be? Um, no, never, because I'm, uh, this is a direct quote that I have said to, to James White and to Chris Pierce, who are like the top dogs at LSS. I told them, I said, I want to do absolutely every event that you have. I understand that that is absolutely, that is not feasible. It's not plausible. It's not possible. I still want to do it. So I will never be satisfied. I want to do your world championships and I want to do, you know, a, a blitz a blitz game in the back alley behind a, a wendy's like that's what i want to do i want to do it all so will i ever be satisfied i'll never be satisfied because i unless i'm doing every single event then i'll never be satisfied but that isn't me seeking the vanity of being at every single event that's me just trying to scratch the itch of loving what i do it has nothing Absolutely. to do about yeah it has nothing to do about saying this is hey like F off, like this is my domain. It has nothing to do with that. It's just the fact that I want to be at every event. And I think that anybody who loves what they do and is passionate about what they do also probably shares that feeling. If, if you know, like the, you know, the greatest athletes of all time don't want to be benched. And that's how I feel sometimes. So that can sometimes manifest itself in, in you know, it, like – Inwardly, outwardly, it's a very difficult thing, and like I'm very open about talking about things like my mental health and such. Like I, I suffer from depression, and it comes back. And when things like this occur, where there's an event and I'm not involved, it 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 weighs on me because irrationally, it'll lead down you down a path that is like, okay, I'm not involved in it, therefore I'm not. They don't want me because I'm not good at it, therefore I've I'm I need to get better. But if I'm not good, then what have I been doing my whole life? I'm a, like I've wasted this whole, and that is a a very dangerous yeah. spiral. Absolutely. So, recovering yeah. from that tailspin is incredibly difficult. And uh, I I want to clear clear the air in case there's in case there's absolutely any thought otherwise. I want whoever the whoever the hell wants to do what they want to do, then go do it, and I applaud you for doing it. That said. At the same time, the reason why I wasn't doing certain events isn't because I wasn't asked and isn't because I didn't want to. It's because at a certain point, people need to know their worth and need to protect it. And that's that's part of of the entire uh, you know part of the entire uh, sort of picture is that at a certain point, you know. It, Adam, if 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 they said, hey, tomorrow you're coming into work and we're cutting your pay by 85% or 90%, you wouldn't go. You'd be like, if it's all no. the same, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna stay home. Yeah, you know, I'll and, go flip burgers and, and McDonald's at that point. Right. So there's a lot of underlying stories and and or, or there's a lot of rumor and speculation and stuff like that. And ultimately, it comes down to this: battle hardens, callings, all this stuff. I, they damn well better be broadcast, whether it's me or whether it's somebody else. People want to watch this, and it is good for the community. That said, do
do I feel like I'm really effing good at what I do? Yeah. I think that over the past several years, I have finally built the confidence and the portfolio and the repertoire and the reps to say that I'm pretty damn good at what I do. And I'm lucky that I still get opportunities because they can be taken away from you. They can be, you know, the, the reality of this business is I don't know when I'm paying my rent next. It's that's the reality of it. Like that's, yeah. that's the, that's the danger of it. And that's the stuff. So when I say that I want to do all the events, it's because I have a, I have a sincere passion for doing them. But at the same time, if I do an event at a 80, 90% pay cut, then the next time I do an event, I'm getting the same wage and that's not feasible. So yeah. that said, I think that I, I genuinely believe that as that as long as there's a broadcast of quality, that is a good thing. And I stand by that. That's uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this. And I think you've covered 95% of everything that we wanted to bring up. Uh, because we've obviously all watched uh, the broadcast of, of of calling Indianapolis and and um, no, uh, just by the way, just so we're completely clear, uh, I think Punkage and uh, and uh, Sam did a great job. I, I think they, yes. did, you know, they, oh, they, they did, did a great, great job. job. Absolutely, I think, I, I think, but 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 I come from a long time of playing Magic competitively, and when I turn tune into a Magic Grand Prix which a calling is for flesh and blood, mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's not, whatever. I, for the longest time expected to see Rich Hagen and Brian David Marshall. If those two guys weren't there, I didn't tune in. And it's simply because I, there was a familiarity. They were the face of competitive magic at that time to me. And I think to a lot of people, you are the face of competitive flesh and blood. When I tune in to a cast, a casting or broadcast of flesh and blood, I expect to see you, Tannen Grace, Brian Gottlieb, Stephen Cookus. There's a few other casters. I apologize if I haven't mentioned them. You could fill the, fill it in. But those are the four primary that I were, was introduced to the game with and I have grown familiar with. And so when I tuned into Calling in Minneapolis and didn't see one of you guys, there was a weird feeling and i come from a background in competitive smash uh, smash brothers and in smash brothers there was two casters i'm not going to go into the details but but most of it was cast by whoever the hell was at that tournament and so there wasn't that feeling of oh i'm going to watch a, a smash a smash brothers cast uh, broadcast those guys are there now it's better they have ee and, and dk and like there's have a few guys that are doing that specifically but there needs to be familiarity because that's what the other guys are doing. And now the cast, uh, the broadcast for Magic is, um, I, I don't, I don't, the Cedric Phillips and a few other people that are doing a great job. I don't want to take away from them, but for the, for me, having that iconic person that is linked to that product or that IP as a player and as someone who consumes this content religiously, it's so important to me. And I want to know if that's something that you think as well. Do you think that is important? So, so, like, I mean, selfishly, I will say yes, obviously, because, like, let's be real. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like you. Uh, I like you. I mean, I do. I like you. Oh, thanks, bro. Like, I like you both. Oh. I, comma, like you, comma, yeah. um, appreciate familiarity to the same degree that there's a reason why 
I listen to RDS when I watch a, a Habs game versus listening to anything else. I want to hear a Réjean Roule. I want to see, you know, I want to hear that calling because I know what I'm getting. I like what I'm getting. And I listen to the French broadcast because it is superior to the English broadcast. <laughs> that is all it is. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. So when it comes down to, you know, when you say like, oh, you're, you're the face of fab, I, I can't, I can't say that because I I don't I don't want that responsibility and and I appreciate yeah. that and I'm glad that a lot of people associate me positively to the game and I enhance their experience to the game but I am never bigger than the game nor should I ever be a selling point for the game and that's I think one thing that um is is kind of tough for me to reconcile at the same time because I, I and I appreciate it so much because I get a lot of very kind words from people that tell me how much they appreciate what I bring to the broadcast but what I have to really reiterate is that I am there to enhance the broadcast I am not there to be the broadcast I am not why you're tuning in uh, you're, I, I am there to enhance and, and and direct the narrative and to add flavor to what it is and my personality bleeds into it obviously you guys know this more than anybody that i always let myself through that door that it's not a persona but i think that saying that it it flesh and blood and me should be linked that means that i am i am the game and that is not no, at all yeah. true and, I understand what you mean. But I understand the the aspect of familiarity when it comes to this because, like I said, I listen to RDS because I want those two broadcasters. I listen to, you know, I missed Vin Scully with a passion because I haven't really latched on to any of the other Dodger broadcasters, and I'm a huge Dodgers fan. But to to say that is would be hypocritical of me because I went through the radio business uh, and tried to get into the radio business and still try to get into the radio business. And the same people that I listened to on the radio when I was going to school in kindergarten, getting ready for school, are the same people who are on the radio 32 years later. And they don't make space for you. They're just there. And if I become that, then that becomes bad for the business. And I'm not talking the business of flesh and blood. I'm talking about the business of broadcasting and 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 esports broadcasting because that's the business I'm in. I'm not a I'm not an LSS employee. I'm not a flesh and blood guy. I'm a card game guy. I'm a broadcaster. That's what I am. So if there are others who want to do a broadcast or main up, and like what people need to understand also is that, you know, LSS is not responsible for the broadcasts at Battle Hardens and, and Callings anymore. They're not the like as like Indianapolis was like Battle the first Battle Harden that Ethan did, that was all his own thing. And he clearly made no money because he was on Twitter asking for money. So it's not a feasible thing. Like, I mean, you guys are laughing, but that's the reality. I mean, no, go look I, at the tweets. 100%. I just, I just, I was going to bring it up, but I'm glad that you did. Yeah. But the thing about it that kind of, kind of, you know, grinds gears a little bit is that it's an, it's a not, it's not a, it's an expensive endeavor. And if you it think is. that putting on a broadcast for a calling is like 10 grand, you got to think about 50 to 60 grand US. And 50 yeah. to 60 grand pales in comparison to we just had a magic pro tour you know how much that broadcast probably cost 350 yeah. 250 to 300 grand yeah easily <laughs> so all these things about the callings or whatever you know at a certain point as a business lss has to decide and say 
is this a financially viable thing? And obviously there are intangibles where a good broadcast cannot be measured by metrics alone when you're presenting something. But at the end of the day also, you know, they're worried about things like, hey, we got to put a pro tour, we got to put a, a worlds together, and we got to think about ramping this you know stuff up for 2024. And that's where it goes. So in that vacuum of them taking care of it that's where you have uh ambitious people like like ethan who go out there and bust their ass to put on a very good broadcast that's the reality of it and and he put on a great broadcast and the casters were awesome the problem there is that people like myself people like tannin people like you know uber uh charmer armada all uh, you know brendan we were asked to do those broadcasts but without a budget, I can't work for less than minimum wage, which you unfortunately can't yourself. Well, but yeah, but but the thing about it is that this isn't a knock on the broadcast. This is a knock on the reality that this shit is expensive. It's difficult. It's time consuming. It is stressful beyond relief belief. And I have now four or five years of experience doing major tournaments, like hundred thousand dollar tournaments that I I can't I I can't say I can't go below a certain amount because the reality is is that if you get hired at a certain amount that is at so far beyond below what your normal rate is other people will then hire you at that rate and yeah that's and it's unfortunate now all this to say LSS has been supportive of um these these sort of new new angles towards broadcast and that is awesome because like i said to, to start this all off is that my main concern is that there is a broadcast and that yeah. to me is more important because the game is leagues and eons ahead of where i am we are not in any we're not on the same plane of existence so it, that's why it's hard for me to reconcile when someone says you're the face of the game because that sort of puts me on an even uh, an even keel and we are not in that regard um the game is 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 the game and i'm just i'm just uh, i'm along for the ride you know going we <laughs> i just i just wish you were along for, for you as as very selfishly i i hope to get to see a lot more of you I well you so you you likely will. I mean, as far as I know, um, uh, you know, I'll be in Baltimore in some capacity or another. I'm I'm very excited about that. And let's be real, man. Like, dude, I, I'm on Twitter. I'm I've got a podcast. If and and I'm out there, and I'm just loving what I'm doing, and I'm loving Flesh and Blood. And I'm and you know, I had a wonderful conversation with James White this week about my place in it, and just you know, reaffirming that. I, I, I have a I have a place in this game and that sometimes can be a you know it's, it's a fleeting security that you have but when you have people that care about it reach out and say hey I'm worried about you what's going on we want to make sure that you're you you know you know that you're appreciated and that you're you always are, are you always have a, a place within what we want to do that's a good feeling and you know again just to sort of wrap it up, Am I am I upset about about where the broadcast is going? I don't think so because again, the fact that there is one where there otherwise wouldn't have been is a great thing. Yeah. What I wish is that people who undertake these things 
and and who get involved in it i i just want them to know that sometimes you got to get you got to get paid appropriately you got to make sure that you are you are getting your worth and it's it's all fun and games and it's all fine and dandy to be in front of a camera and to do your thing but make sure that you're you're getting yours that you're you're able to eat as it were and again the fact that these things are getting broadcast is fucking awesome so i'm really enthusiastic and uh, encouraged by it yeah absolutely like at the, at the end of the day there's i think there's a few interesting points to highlight there and there's still like with the way you just said there's a ton of minutia that we can get into um we don't want to at this point though uh, i think it's we're, we're getting to that point we gotta move on to something else but uh but, but absolutely yeah, abs- absolutely like the uh, sorry sean the like you said like lss has to be flexible open and push the envelope and you know like we we, we have to yeah like ethan has done a fine job you said like when you, you take on something like this you know it's it's a big undertaking um i think it's just a matter of yeah like at this point like to, to your point getting the game out there getting eyes on the game that's that yeah. that is and, what we need at the end of the day and one thing is like i mean who anybody anybody out there could have done what he did but they didn't and he did so yeah. give him give him the credit that is due because anybody could have been doing what he did but he did it so you know like props to that because you 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 got to do it now there's a lot of growing pains along the way and you're going to make mistakes along the way but that's how you that's how you learn and that's how you progress so that's where i'm at yeah and you know what you you make a good point there of like you make mistakes and you grow from them and that's all of this is a process and anything anybody strives to do in life like there's always going to be mistakes and growing from them improving your process like that that's what matters at the end too and like it, it's about just us being eager and seeing what the future will look like and then yeah yeah uh all right we're uh like i said enough enough on that one uh i think let's uh like i said let's finish off on uh on a, on a good fab note here uh we want to talk a hey, little that's bit a good of- note it was a good it was a great good note (laughs) i mean no like they're all but they're all great valid points but uh like let's get into some serious subject yeah some some playing some good old fab uh some outsiders chit chat uh we've been well the the official spoiler season hasn't started yet but lss likes to uh give us goodies along the way anyway and uh, we've been getting a, a steady flow of them ever since calling Indianapolis uh we didn't really Sean and I we we didn't really get a chance to chat on these last week so uh I don't think we're going to get into all of them this week but uh I think this would be a fun opportunity to dive into uh a few of the more interesting ones I know uh the one that's really been standing out to me right away is uh the new ninja action uh dishonor um collapsing traps certainly sounds interesting though I'm not Oh I'm not... no, that's the real that's the truth, dude. That card is the truth. That card is the truth? That card is the truth. Collapsing tra- that that's a... the one that that stops the go or that the dunk your hand and draw one less. Yeah, it's like mind yeah. warp, oh. but like as a defense reaction. Like that I, card I... 
is the truth. Thank your lucky stars that they they uh, specialized, or you can only have one of those bad boys in a deck. That is the truth. That card is I mean, the truth. I think it's contingent on on what Riptide does. We haven't seen that part yet, but definitely there's potential there for it to be really. But I mean, look, man, we had Charles Dunn on uh, two weeks, a little bit less than two weeks ago, and we were talking about Riptide, and you know, we didn't know, we hadn't seen the trap yet. But with the new, and I've been excited about Riptide because I like decks that do shit. Uh, and so, like, and when I saw that card, instantly I went, yes. And then I read the article and I realized that traps don't have to be played from Arsenal anymore. And, like, then there's there's a little part of me that just went, like, ooh. Like, I, I, I was not excited for Riptide up until that errata to how traps uh, work. And all of a sudden, I'm like, that's all I, I, all I give a crap about is Riptide. No. I just want to know more about that character. I do want to caveat what you just said. Um, traps can be played outside of Arsenal with the exception of the original crew traps. Uh, was it Pitfall, Rock Slide, and... Like crushing? I don't know what the other one was, but... Uh, yeah. Tripwire? Tripwire. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those ones still have to be played from Arsenal. But yes, any trap we get moving forward will be playable from hand, which opens up a ton of, of, of play playability. I know that was... A lot of people's complaint about traps was the um, clunky. They were clunky. It was clunky Too with clunky. the arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, so, I'm really excited about Riptide. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, they're well. I mean, like I think the but when they came out, New Horizon wasn't even a thing, right? So you'd have to put them on, slam them on a ranger that wanted an arsenal, and if all of a sudden you just don't attack the ranger then they're gooned with a de-react de in arsenal and can't fire an attack so like it's bad in that regard but i'm telling you man this card is gonna ruin people's lives it's going to ruin people's lives and now that said it's like all right cool like, cool story like you can slam it and deny an arsenal because they don't have a card left you can slam it and you could you can just it's like automatic tempo gaining or it's automatic like turn shutdown kind of like a, a a good stalagmite will stop you know a turn like stop that rosetta thorn or stop whatever like a good a good stalagmite should be blocking for like 11 that's a good stalagmite a good stalagmite Absolutely. blocks for about 11 yeah no like when you put it that way like yes i i i 100 agree collapsing trap in the right setting is absolutely backbreaking. Uh, now, one of the caveats that so you say, like you, you compare this to to stalagmite. Stalagmite though sits on your board, and you can just sit and wait for that opportunity. The reality with, um, especially with ranger, where your arsenal. Now, then this is why I say we're gonna have to see what Riptide's hero ability is. I think that's gonna be the key to our traps gonna be good or not now, because. You, you you can't just park this in Arsenal and wait until that big turn is coming or the wait till the, 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 the writing's on the wall. Like because of the nature of Ranger, you almost have to like if if you draw this at the wrong time, you have to pitch it. And then you just have to hope this one in sixty card like you have a one in sixty chance of this thing hitting when you need it to. Like when when you do, it will be good. Uh, but that, got, that's my I've take. Got, man, what, what do you got? Sean? I've got something. I've got something to say. I've played a lot of card games, a lot. Flake, I'll take you on that number thirty. Probably something around those lines. Close to that, yeah. 
Ranger is a toolbox class. That's how the class is designed. That's how Azalea works. Riptide is going to be able to toolbox traps. I like toolbox decks. So <laughs> here, here's here's a little picture for you. Um, you I like I, I get what you're saying. A one of 60, you got to find it and whatnot. Yeah. But how many people run like a solo Oasis Respite Red to basically shore up their Kano match? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You find That's, it, especially you in this slam game. in an arsenal, and you freaking wait. But That's you it. can't. You but the point being in this deck, you can't slam it in arsenal because of unless Riptide lets you circumnavigate, needing to keep playing out of arsenal. You can't do that though. You can't just park it and wait. Is is his bow a two-handed weapon? Is it even his bow? We don't know yet. That's a yeah, that's a good question. Oh, the the um, new bow. Uh, what is it? Barbed castaway. Uh, yes, it is a two-handed bow. Okay. So what if what if they gave him what if his legendary equipment was something like you can store a trap in your offhand or something like that? That'd be interesting. I don't know. I I feel like his 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 legendary equipment's gonna have to be a headpiece and it's gonna have to be something having to do with pop it, go get a trap and bring it to hand. Because they can't put that kind of fetchability on a stick, it's too good. Even Katsu is limited to that that kind of effect. So my I don't know, and, and there's something about the way the character's built and designed and like the aesthetic of it and the the thirty eight life. There's just there's something there. It's and the I'm, hero I'm looking at it I'm like, certain. Or it's another like just the way the traps all come together, all the new traps are getting. There's something there. Cause I love like one ofs in any decks. Like my favorite probably card or deck in the history of card games that I've played is birthing pod from magic. Uh, oh, I know, I, yeah. I know, I know a lot of people hate birthing pod. I played Naya shamans before birthing pod. And before that I played survival of the fittest. I love taking a deck, going through it and finding shit. That's my favorite thing to do. Manipulating cards is so much fun. Um, and so there's there just i saw the the hero i saw the trap and there was like this light moment like this moment in my head i'm like oh, maybe i'm gonna get something i actually want to play because i don't want to play anything <laughs> everything ever since she's been gone ever since she's been gone <laughs> my life has felt hollow give uh, me something i want to play now there's like a shrine i think in a lot of people's houses about just that one particular hero like no one whines and cries necessarily about starvo gone and like the chain people are are kind of happier than than they are sad that he's gone to a degree but the prism ones are like the most jaded of all players ever i mean look i played dorinthia this season just because i refused to play icelander and i refused to play oldham because um and you know this because we played on on talishar you've actually dumped me and the the the, the issue is that i can't play oldham into the mirror i just don't have the reps for it and then i refused <laughs> to play icelander because i just didn't want to play icelander so i played dorinthia and did pretty well on dory like i top eighted like a three of the five events i played and but I just, I was like, I need to play something that I like and something that feels familiar. And the closest thing was Dory. And when I saw Riptide and I saw the cards, there's a little bit of me that, that like got that spark of like, oh, maybe I get to play something that'll ruin someone's day again. Oh, that's that dude. Whenever I introduced, I remember when I just moved to Toronto and before I had even started playing Gwent, I was playing a lot of Hearthstone. And whenever I would be, I'd be like dating somebody and she'd want to learn about the card game. 
I'd teach her the rules of how to play Hearthstone, and she'd be playing, and she'd be like, okay, well, what should I do here? And my advice was, I'm like, here's the rule of thumb. The rule of thumb is, what would make them the most mad? And she'd be like, yeah. probably this. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, that's it. You're absolutely correct. You do what makes them the most mad. And that's that really basically, the heuristic like, of Hearthstone? <laughs> oh, I mean, like, it's, I, I totally get what you're talking about, Sean, because, like, play Freeze Mage. Oh, yeah, that was my jam. Like, in Hearthstone, I am a mage main in, in, in Hearthstone. Absolutely. Right now, when I when I do play, which yep. is maybe, like, once or twice a week, I play Big Spell Mage because it has yep. the most the most ridiculous, bogus, fury-enrage-inducing <laughs> plays that you could possibly – and the amount of emoting that I get from opponents. Oh, my God. Just to – I know this is not a, a Hearthstone fine. podcast. It's fine. There is – there's a secret in Hearthstone, uh, a mage secret, that says after your hero is attacked, spawn a copy of that minion to attack my opponent. So my opponent had 16 life and had a 16-16 on the board. And I just said, well played. I had, I think, 20 health. And I just passed. And they come at me. And then I it spawns and kills them. And... I, and Oh my god, you know when you're like, friend request from, I'm like, oh, <laughs> somebody's gonna tell me what my mom is, for sure. <laughs> okay, so, um, Matt, I've got you I've got you found out, man. You can't hide from me anymore. You're a Yogg-Saron player. I was absolutely a Yogg-Saron player. Yeah, you are. Spin okay. the wheel, baby, let's go. I want to see, I want to spam spells. I want to, and then when, when shit hits the fan, I want to say YOLO. And I want to know if I win or lose. That's what it is. 100%. Oh, that's that's it. I want to play a card to tell me whether I win or lose. In fact, uh, there's you're... a yeah, oh. there's a there's a card now. It costs nine, and it says throw 20 mana worth of spells directed at your opponent. So you don't even play the frog Saron where you he dunks on himself. No, no, no. It all goes at my opponent, and it's the best feeling in the world. I I I I've never figured out someone that well and been so disappointed hey i wear my heart on my sleeve i tell you i am no, no, no. i, uh, I it, hide nothing from nobody props to you that that's really funny i i, I know I, you weren't big into art zone adam were you not not huge no Nah. uh i mean like look I'll, I'll 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 like i'll get my my stuff out of there i'm a handlock player oh i was handlocked too at the time i yeah. love handlock Handlock and Ram Druid was my thing. I love Handlock. Back in the and old then... in the old days, dude, like Handlock was the ultimate move of okay, I'm going to eat shit for a while and then you're not going to do anything. And it was yeah. like that's like same thing like when you played Wallet Warrior, like Control Warrior. Yep. Control Warrior yeah, Malagos was, Warrior. Oh god, was or, Mal, or do you remember uh OTK Malagos Rogue? Yeah. Oh, what a game. Malagos Malagos Miracle, baby! Oh my god, it's like, alright, uh, I have all the pieces, you're at 30 health, and you're dead. You're it's done. like, yeah, you're done. the best! Anyway, sorry, Adam. Um, I'm getting, no. I'm getting no, I love this. thinking about Hearthstone in 2015. <laughs> I, I, I love this. I, 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 miss Hearth, I miss classic Hearthstone. I reinstalled Hearthstone at some point, and was very happy to see that I had not DE'd any of my classic stuff, so my Golden Leroy was still there, and I, I just, and I just played, like, control warrior for a week straight and that's all i did and it was it was a blast i i missed like i missed just throwing like the little money that i had 
uh, back in you know 2015 on like packs and just trying to get uh, what was it that I was missing? I was missing some stupid legendary, and for some reason I couldn't get it, and I didn't. I never. Anyways, doesn't matter. It was a good time, and I'm sad to see that the state of the game that it's in right now. I think that the game is not quite as good as it was. But anyways, we can talk about that stuff later in some other podcast that we can start about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now. Join us next week for our first foray into Hearthstone. <laughs> into Hearthstone. Uh, um, no. Back to uh, back to outsiders. Yeah, back to us. So I think like collapsing trap. Like we can all agree, like there's definitely potential for it to be something really spicy. Um, I, I'm gonna stand on the ground that it's on its own. We need just a little bit more. Uh, on its own, I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but it's like it, it's a powerful effect that needs to just be. We need a way to make it consistent. Uh, like I yeah. said before, we have. Uh, like there's a few uh, spoilers you can check out now. Um, I think uh, the best place to we're not going to get into all of them. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll link some stuff in the in the description. Um, I, I've been getting them all on Discord. I don't know, like, is is there a website? Oh, February. February has them all listed there. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys, uh, by all means, if you have a, a specific one you want to get into quickly, let me know. I think we'll save the the, the, the bonds and dishonor. We'll get to those at the end. Um, one I do want to touch on, because I think there's been some interesting conversation on this one, is the quiver. Sean, why do you sigh? Why do you sigh? Why do I see? I, mean, I think look, that's the incorrect read right away. But I want no, to hear what you I, have to say. I, I think the quiver's. I think the addition of a quiver is cool. Is this the right quiver for the class? It's okay. Um, I I think quivers are cool. I think it's cool that they're going in that direction. Yep. Cool. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt. It's free, right? Like exactly, it's free. It's free. It's so, free. You have nothing to lose by equipping it. If someone Basically. brings you a coffee at work and it's free, you drink it. Uh, even if it's Tim Hortons, like even if it's that even, bad. Yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> if it's Tim Hortons, I mean, I'd rather it be like you know some kind of frappa lapa chapa latte, but I'll still drink it. So that's kind of how I feel about the quiver. I think it's a it's a step in the right direction. It's still coffee, um, but there could be something more interesting there. Um, I think it'll all depend on what the other like value cards are in the set. Matt, do you know more than you're letting on, or are you? Uh, is, is there anything you're really excited about that you can't really talk to us about? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I know that I can share with you it's all? Okay. It's okay. I don't want to put you two on the spot there. I oh about outsiders specifically. I mean. Not to toot my own horn, but I have the receipts. I guessed that it was there were going to be dual classes. Uh, I think in November. Um, there's a conversation with guess? Bryant. What's it? well? No, I, I was a legitimate guest. I promise you. Um, based on some of the, I don't want to say cryptic information given to me by uh, Brian Gottlieb, but like we used to pester Brian all the all the time. It's a, it's a miracle that he still answers to my messages now and then. <laughs> um, uh, I I. I, we would ask him and like he would always talk about how great the drafting experience and how this set was going to be a drafter's dream and all this other stuff. And I would ask him why. And he said, well, you'll see. It's based on how, how you know, the, the set is built. And then I said, well, okay. I said, you know, judging by what Uprising was, I said, usually you don't have any agent, you don't have any leeway or, or pivot movement, uh, pivot space after like your fifth pick because you have to pick a class and there's very few good generics in there i'm like is this a generic heavy set 
And he's like, well, you'll see. I said, okay, well, that's whatever. And then I, I asked a few questions, and eventually I private messaged him. I'm like, dude, dual class cards. I said, you could, like, I'm not going to share this. I like, I'm not out there to make a video or, or whatnot. I don't care about internet points. He's like, yeah. He said, yes, but yeah, exactly. Without you did the, this thing or whatever. Didn't, yeah. I didn't tell the world. He didn't tell the world. I guessed it. He confirmed it. And, uh, and then the world found out. Side note, do you, the, the fact that you, he, he gave you that and you didn't tell anyone like trust level between you two. Oh, uh, we're, we're, uh, <laughs> buddies. well, the trust level between him and I comes mainly was developed off of us casting together where, Absolutely you know, not. some, you know, somebody's a dude when you kind of, again, you know, my casting style, I like to, I like to sort of grab the wheel and say, let's go here for a bit. Um, and he's always the one. All right. Well, if we're going here, you're buying, you're buying the ice cream. So like he always sort of allows me to go on those paths and and some of the silly things i'm like hey well it'd be funny if we did this and he's like hey if we, you know like and then he would always play off my jokes he's just a, a, I can't i can't sort of hammer this home enough brian gottlieb is one of the best people in the tcg space and the fact that flesh and blood has him is like yeah like way oh, to go well. yeah like you guys like hammer that down um and not just based off of the fact that he designs cards and he's he's you know part of that process but he's just a good person who is very receptive to the the constructive criticism that he gets as well as the plight and the struggles of the community he is mm. in a very interesting spot because he's friends with a lot of us who are you know very good friends with us who are in this space but he also has the the conflict of being an LSS employee, obviously. Yeah. But he is still a champion for what's right. And I think that that's the most important aspect. He's not there to defend LSS blindly. He's there to defend what's right, no matter what it is. And he has admitted that, hey, this was a bad idea. And he said, well, no, uh, you're wrong. This is a good, this is the right thing to do in, in various different accounts. So, um, yeah, the trust level between us, I think, has kind of, you know, I, I, over You've time. Proven yourself, it, yeah. <laughs> I think I think so. I didn't say anything. I even said, I'm like, I'm like, hey, just for the record, I guess this. You didn't tell me, so we're all on that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're we're in the clear, right? Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. We're good? So, um, yeah, him and I have had uh some fairly, uh, some fairly, I would say intimate conversations, but like we've had some Ooh. very deep conversations regarding, you know, regarding career, regarding life, and stuff like that. We've had some very candid back and forth about stuff and i don't want to say it got heated at times but like we have if we have conflicting viewpoints we're very passionate about our our positions but at the end of the day it always it literally all of our conversations that that get to that level always end with you know hey i love you brother and i respect you and then that's it's like so do i and yeah. then that's how we end it we, we we never go to bed mad is what we do that's really cool dude that's and and i think one thing is funny because i i met um the first time i met you in person uh it was you and tannin and a few other guys uh was at uh, pro tour new jersey and tannin said something he goes yeah man i said you guys really got it you like you got you guys are tight you know you guys are good he goes yeah man we gelling <laughs> and that tannin, tannin said, said that 
said, yeah, man, we gelling. And I was like, that is a really interesting thing for you to say, Tannen. And then I said, I kind of got it. You know, I'm like, you guys kind of have this groove and, and there's a professional respect there. And there's kind of also like that space of being able to do your own thing within that, because that's often hard in broadcasting specifically, like, you know, trying to have your own voice, but being respectful of the, of what you're doing and try not to bleed too much of your own, um, you know, style and, and what you like. Like, I, I, I remember the first time you were, you, you were casting Orlando, dude, the amount of WWE references that you dropped <laughs> in to your casting. I was, I was counting them. I was counting them, and at some point there was like a thing about like Bravo being a luchador or something, and I I couldn't stop laughing, and that's when I was like, I I like this, but um, dude, don't uh, print a card called Choke Slam and then not let me make a, right? a, right. a, a Undertaker like, a reference Kane or yeah, Kane or Undertaker reference. There you go. There were brothers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so um back to the the whole outsiders and and you know brian gottlieb obviously being part of the design team and being a hush hush um i think that like everybody who's watching the game who's watching you who's watching you know what's going to be happening within the next month because uh by a, a month from now almost to the day uh we're going to have outsiders in our hands right mm -hmm. um i know what i want is there anything that flake wants from outsiders I, I think what I want from outsiders specifically is for what I think they've been heralding since its announcement, which is of uh, a limited just darling. I want mm. limited to matter. And not to say that, like, Uprising was a very important set. You got Fi, you got Icelander, and constructed some other character. And, and, and Dromai, I mean, these are three relevant heroes that were printed yeah. in one set. How many other sets can really say that? And, you know, I mean, Bravo, sure. Uh, Katsu, not important right now. Reinar, maybe, sure. Uh, maybe Dorinthia, you know, but you go down the line and no set had a, uh, you know, a just unanimous uh, roster of, of playable, relevant heroes. Now, not on launch. Not on launch, I guess not. On I mean, Dromai on launch was not necessarily the greatest no, thing either. I, 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 to go against your point, uh, you know, like Tails, we had Briar oh. who warped the meta, yeah. Holdem who later became a powerhouse, and Lexi who was playable off the bat, right? That's actually the only way to beat Briar for a while. Yes. So, and yeah. that was a scary set because the power level for that set was still my favorite set. And um, a lot of people shit on everfest you go back to everfest people are like oh, everfest was everfest garbage is when you know? Diz got good dude go look at everfest people are everfest like oh, everfest you can get everfest for like 50 bucks a box if you look hard enough you go look in what's in there it is just jam-packed with great great stuff so uh all the people who think everfest is a bad set give your head a shake because dynasty exists and dynasty mm -hmm. was not a great set no offense i didn't like it there's still some pieces there but i'm also of the type of mindset where much like people would the way that I, I evaluate dynasty is the same way I evaluate the force awakens where it's like, okay, you might not like it now, but more stuff's coming out that might make you appreciate this more later. Right. So <laughs> ultimately, ultimately ugh, like, you know, that's kinda a duck. hot take, man. That's it. So what I want from dynasty is uh, sorry from outsiders is I want to play in a limited 
situation, be it sealed or draft, and feel like every time I show up, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. Because when I went into uh when I went to go play uh Uprising draft, I played dozens and dozens of Uprising drafts. I went in there saying, all right, if I see this, I'm just locking this in. If I see this, I'm locking this in, and that's it. And, and like, I'm not a competitor, but like, you know, I'm not like Matt Rogers, who's like, well, I baited this person by passing him this, and I did. I'm like, no, man. Yeah. If I if I see uh, a red rake the embers or a you know a red ember moss senpai, like I'm taking that. If I see a blaze headlong, like I'm taking that. Like, you know, or if playing I see the pack. precisely, you're playing the pack. And what I want to do is I want to go in and say, I want to make decisions through till pack two. You know, like, I want to be able to say, you know what, like, I, I, I just drafted nine cards. I don't know where the hell I'm going. And I don't want to say that because I don't know where – I don't want that to be completed with I don't know where I'm going and I'm screwed. I want it to be I don't know where I'm going, but I'm optimistic that I can still bust ass and, like, do some crazy stuff. And I'm confident. I'm very confident that that's what we're going to get, honestly. Um, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, I think it's going to be – awesome and i think that the first thing i'm going to do is i've i I've signed up for my pre-release at harry tarantula today i'm going to be there and i'm going to draft the living shit out of this game very uh, nice yeah yeah so, uh yeah absolutely like that's uh to your point like I, I think the the big hope like even for myself is that this just this game the, this set lives up to just like good especially good limited play but just good play in general like yeah um i i i had a few places i wanted to go still but i think you know that's a, a really good place to 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 cap it off at the end here um there's still uh, like i said uh if you want to see the 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 spoilers and get a better idea of uh what what we know so far for outsiders uh february is probably the best place to see them all listed out i know they've got a pretty good guide there uh but i think we're gonna leave it at that for today um flake thank you so much for joining us um if you have any plugs anything you want to i sure you have plugs let us hear it what uh where can we find you uh on uh twitter personally at at watch flake w-a-t-c-h-f-l-a-k-e uh you can catch the instant speed podcast on 983 media that's at youtube.com slash 983 media uh it's also on twitter at instant speed pod and uh yeah i stream basically every day i'm on talishar playing the game and, and sort of practicing and uh sort of getting my competitive itch satisfied that's at twitch.tv slash watch flake but i want to give you guys some some dap because it's really important for you to do what you do and i i i, I need to make sure that you guys realize how important your show is and what you guys do for the community and I know sometimes it's difficult and this is not an easy thing to do. And you guys need to understand that what you do is not easy. It's not, it's not always the most satisfying at times. Sometimes it feels difficult, but there are so many people who appreciate you. And I think you guys damn well better know that that is the truth. So I, that's my last plug is you guys. Damn it, man. You going, you going, you going, you going to touch my, my, my heartstrings like that, man. Well, uh, you said you were gonna buy me a beer, so I gotta make sure yeah, that. Yeah, I'm uh, right a minute. <laughs> After this, I'll buy you a beer and dinner. God damn! Woo! <laughs> uh, I love that's it. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, La casual right. small. Let's go. 
la, la, la cage, les boys, en way, ils m'ont dit les chicken yeah, wings. Yeah, je veux mes ailes, Davernak! Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, th those words do mean the world. And, uh, I, yeah, no, um, coming out of uh, Pat stepping away even, like, there was... There was that moment where I was asking myself before Sean and I figured out we were gonna team up to keep this thing going. Uh, there, there was those moments where I was like, "What do, what do I want to do with this? How do I want to keep this going?" And at the end of the day, it was just that that thought that I, I know there's people out there who really enjoy. Like we, we do have a little loyal listener base, uh, uh, and uh, it means the world to me. I, you know, that just investing the time into this is, is so cool and so much fun so thank you um yeah uh on that note uh yeah we are uh get our plugs out there quickly we are the combat chain i'm adam philip chuck uh he's uh sean hill um you can find us uh on youtube at the combat chain i hate that youtube switch to the at thing it's so awkward now it's like at was twitter's thing anyway uh at the combat chain you can find us on twitter also at the combat chain uh i'm at fom tcg he's at sean hill cg um and uh yeah keep your eyes peeled like i said we've we're sean and i are, are, are working on getting some uh, un un the, the the wheels are starting to spin. We're we're the snowball's getting bigger. Uh, we've got uh, East and Douglas lined up uh, next week. Uh, give that guy uh, some uh, some credit. He's he East and Douglas for for everything he's done. You know, like his monster run day one of France uh, top aiding. Uh, it, it was U.S. Nats he top aided right this year. Oh yeah. lord, I think uh, so. Yeah. Yes, I'll say yes confidently. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was on. You. I'm pretty sure it was on old him. Uh, he he top aided U.S. Nats this year. Uh, you know, a, a guy who's underrated uh, with Team Ascent Gaming, uh, who's on the up and up, and uh, we're we're eager to uh, get him on here next week uh, and and uh, talk about all the things he's been doing. Uh, and we've got some other stuff uh, lined up down the road as well. Um, you know. We're, it, we're excited to bring content to you guys and uh the, the future is bright but uh, i'll leave it at that for this week now before we wrap up we have one last piece of business flake do you remember from last time the outro uh it has to do with breaking the chain or closing the combat chain closing the that's right so uh pat had the duty for a while uh, it has fallen back on me uh we end every episode in the same way uh i will say until next week and then in unison we will all say we're closing the compact chain it's super campy it's super cheesy uh fuck it let's go baby lean it, into it. it it's it, it's yeah it with the video now it's even better there's reactions everything like we just we love it so uh will you join us of Flake. course i will cool yeah, fuck cool, yeah. cool 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 that's it for this week, uh, episode 45. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you to uh, Flake for joining us. Uh, and uh, that's going to do it. So until next week, we're, we're closing, closing the combat, the combat game. Game. <laughs> that was great. That, that was one great. was uh, wonky, that but was good. good. It, it's got legs. Thank <laughs> you.